It's called the Monday-Thursday-Friday mutation, or MTHFR. Depression, autism, breast cancer, even alcoholism, and of course heart disease have all been linked to this rare gene abnormality. But is there really indisputable evidence that this link between MTHFR and adverse pregnancy and overall health outcomes actually exists? Well, in this podcast, we're going to set the record straight regarding MTHFR testing, its significance, and review the guidelines from the American College of Medical Genetics, the ACOG, the SMFM, and even cover the Canadian and British guidelines. All right, team, let's get into a quick basic science recap. Remember that methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase helps convert the amino acid homocysteine to another methionine. Now, this is an important job because if the body can't process homocysteine properly, it can lead to a buildup of homocysteine in the body, a rare condition called homocysteinuria, and this can cause real health issues, but we'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast. Now, here's an important clinical pearl. There are lots of individuals who have variants in the MTHFR gene, meaning that there's small amount of alteration in the DNA sequence that make up that gene. But it's a common misconception that any amount of change in DNA automatically implies that there won't be health consequences associated with that variant. And here's the spoiler, that's just not true. Now, for instance, there's lots of people who have two common MTHFR variants. The first one is C677T, and the second one is A1298C. Again, the two variants are C677T and A1298C. Now, while other variants exist, these two are the best studied MTHFR alterations. All right, I think it's important to kind of review these two variants in just a little bit more detail. Remember that C677T is also called the thermoliable variant. Now, commonly, a C is at position 677, and that codes for alanine. But when there is a T at position 677, remember that that leads to a valine substitution. Now, the variant of A1298C is also common but does not cause increased homocysteine levels in heterozygous or homozygous individuals. Now remember, we call these two variants, not mutations, and that's an important distinction because the latter suggests harm, which is actually very rarely seen in individuals carrying one of these two common variants. Now, this is key when it comes to examining how MTHFR variants affect a person's health. An individual can function properly even with a lower than normal level of the enzyme as long as there is enough for it to do the metabolic job of keeping homocysteine levels within the healthy range. So most people with these common variants would never even know that they had one of the variants without genetic testing because there aren't any clear physical symptoms. All right, well, let's get right to it. First, focusing on general health, and then we'll get into the obstetrical implications. Well, here's a clinical pearl. We don't have any definitive scientific research to suggest that these two MTHFR variants cause health effects. 
To date, there is no well-controlled, large-designed epidemiological studies that prove that either of these variants cause the health effects that the health forums commonly associate with them, especially online. Take the claim that MTHFR variants up a person's risk of developing heart disease. Some older research suggested that those with some amount of C677T variation may be at higher risk. However, much newer, larger, and better structured research and data actually found no evidence of an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. Now, there are thousands of studies that have gone back and forth like this in regards to hundreds of health conditions, so it's easier for media outlets and in turn consumers to fixate on any negative results. But this spreads worry and inaccurate health information when the definitive science just is not there. Okay, now we do have to do the fair balance because there is one exception, but again, that exception is rare. The exception exists when people have two copies of C677T and have elevated homocysteine levels. And research shows that they could be at risk specifically of having a child with a neural tube defect. Again, so if an individual has two copies of C677T and they have elevated homocysteine levels, then they could have a higher risk of having a child with a neural tube disorder. But again, here's the clinical pearl. This combination is actually very uncommon. And for people who do have elevated homocysteine, which can be determined by a simple blood test, it's easily treatable with folate or vitamin B supplementation and follow-up homocysteine levels. Remember, as a clinical pearl, that homocysteine levels are typically chosen to be fasting. Now, hold on, guys, because remember, we're an OBGYN podcast, so we'll get into the obstetrical implications here in just a minute. But we do have to make one further clarification. We've just covered the two main common types of MTHFR variants. But what about true mutations? Well, mutations, on the other hand, are a little bit different. But again, they're very rare. But mutations are a problem. So for people who have a mutation, that means that the enzyme is completely inactive. Now, there are 40 or so of these mutations that we know of. In an individual who does have one of these mutations, the enzyme deficiency results in potentially harmful buildup of homocysteine in the body. This leads to a condition called homocysteinuria. But again, this isn't the case with all MTHFR variants, only the more rare and severe mutations. So this is where the confusion has come into play. An estimated 1 in 200,000 people worldwide have homocysteinuria due to either MTHFR mutations or another condition called CBS deficiency. Now, homocysteinuria can lead to a number of health problems if left untreated, including developmental delay, seizures, and difficulty gaining weight or muscle. Now, because these can be serious, all states in the U.S. screen infants for homocysteinuria in order to allow for early diagnosis and intervention. 
also the symptoms of homocystinuria related to MTHFR mutation are generally observable, like seizures and neurological issues. Again, this is very different than having a variant that we've already discussed. So for these reasons, it's very unlikely that someone with symptoms related to these clinically significant MTHFR mutations would be missed or go undiagnosed. Once again, there's a difference between these large mutations and the much more common variants that are actually asymptomatic. All right, team, now it's time for the OBGYN correlation. Let's do that next. All right, here we go in rapid fire fashion. First, is there any clinical utility to clinical testing for MTHFR variants? Well, remember that MTHFR is only one factor in hyperhomocystinemia. Fortification of cereals has led to higher folate levels and therefore reduced homocysteine levels. Due to gene-nutrient interaction, previous associations between MTHFR variants and disease may no longer be clinically relevant. For example, the association between C677T and venous thromboembolism is no longer relevant in the United States. Lowering homocysteine levels through vitamin supplementation does not reduce the risk of blood clots or cardiovascular disease. So that's a clinical pearl. Now, let's get into the recommendations according to different societies. First, MTHFR polymorphism genotyping should not be ordered as part of the clinical evaluation for thrombophilia, recurrent pregnancy loss, or for any at-risk family members. So remember, that's a big clinical pearl. According to ACOG, testing for MTHFR mutations is not recommended for recurrent pregnancy loss as only antiphospholipid antibody syndrome has shown consistent associations. Additionally, MTHFR variants in isolation do not confer additional risk for thrombosis in either pregnant or non-pregnant women and therefore testing for MTHFR variants or fasting homocysteine levels is not recommended for the workup of venous thromboembolism. And lastly, according to ACOG, there is lack of association between heterozygosity or homozygosity for C677T and any negative pregnancy outcome. Next, according to the American Society of Reproductive Medicine, testing for MTHFR variants for recurrent pregnancy loss is not recommended, and that's the same, remember, from ACOG. Well, what about the American College of Medical Genetics? Well, according to this professional society, MTHFR polymorphism genotyping should not be ordered as part of the clinical evaluation for thrombophilia or recurrent pregnancy loss or at-risk family members. Does that sound familiar? It's the same thing from ACOG and the ASRM. Additionally, the American College of Medical Genetics states that do not adjust preventative folic acid supplementation just for neural tube defects based on MTHFR results. Again, the ACMG states not to adjust preventative folic acid supplementation dose just for neural tube prevention for methylene tetrahydrofolic acid reductase variants when they do not have the true mutation. 
What about the Canadian statements? Well, remember, we opened up earlier in the podcast by stating that previous older publications suggested weak associations between hyperhomocysteinemia and cardiovascular disease. But according to the guidelines from Canada, quote, due to lack of clinical utility and available data, treating hyperhomocysteinemia in patients with cardiovascular disease or VTE is just not recommended, nor is vitamin supplementation for primary prevention of cardiovascular disease recommended. So that's a clinical pearl. All right, team, let's end the podcast with a joint statement on expanded carrier screening by ACOG, the American College of Medical Genetics, as well as the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine. Here is their joint statement on expanded prenatal carrier screening. Quote, it may be preferable not to include variants on expanded prenatal genetic carrier panels that have high allele frequencies and low penetrance like MTHFR because their clinical significance is, well, just in doubt. All right, guys, here's our wrap-up. Because people with serious MTHFR mutations are few and far between, and because genetic testing can cause a lot of unnecessary anxiety for people, current guidelines by many professional organizations explicitly note that they do not endorse MTHFR testing for their patients, even when looking for some adverse obstetrical issues like VTE or recurrent pregnancy loss. Now, again, these societies include the ACOG, the American College of Medical Genetics, and even the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine. All right, podcast family, we've tried to lay to rest some of the misconceptions regarding MTHFR, variants versus mutation, and how they have very limited to no role in the valuation of VTE or recurrent pregnancy loss. Thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.